Hi, everyone. Welcome to our podcast, Second Attempt. Let's see how we get how we do this time. Our podcast today is called The Nobscusset Hotel or House. As I promised, it's a patched up story of the Nobscusset Hotel. Until I had delivered our last podcast on the Scargo Cafe and the suicidal ghost, I had no idea the Nobscusset even existed. I did some research with the Historical Society in Situate and the Dennis Historical Society, and I even tried Yarmouth, but I couldn't find anything. Uh, I did find a small blurb on Facebook with no reference to anything. No one had any history on any of the sites. I have no idea when it was originally built and for what purpose. Building something that large here on the Cape in the late 1800s was a chore. Most of the population here were either farmers or fishermen. Here is some of what I found. Actually, this surfaced this morning. And this is a quote from um, the Barnstable Patriot. The old hotel, quote, the old hotel, the Nobscusset, situated on the north side of Dennis, was originally built as a resort in Situate, Massachusetts, and was known there as the Bay House. In 1872, it was disassembled and brought across Cape Cod Bay and set up in the on the former whaling grounds to the west of Corporation Road. Its first season was in the summer of 1873. The building was renamed the Nobscusset House in 1885. When the property was purchased that year by Charles Toby, and there's more on him, the ornate building with its wide porches, was torn down in the spring of 1936, a victim of the Great Depression. And this source is the Barnstable Patriot, November 7th, 1935. Unquote. Okay, <clears throat> next article. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, I found that article, of all places, in a book called Cape Odd, C-A-P-E, second word, odd, O-D-D, Strange and Unusual Stories About Cape Cod, and the first printing was in October of 2010, authored by James Coogan and Jack Shady. Um, now, oh, um, now, I found this article on Facebook. The Nobscus, this is a quote from Facebook. The Nobscusset Hotel in Dennis ran this coach that picked up passengers from the train station and brought them to the hotel. Imagine that. <laughs> we have that service too, don't we? The hotel was originally a house in Situate that was taken apart and floated to Dennis in the 1870s, then later expanded. Yeah, this place was beautiful. It had like 50 rooms. It was gorgeous. After the 1929 stock market crash, it was torn down and the land was divided. And again, the source for that was on Facebook. My next source came from 
the Dennis, finally, Dennis Historical Society and Newsletter on June 2017. And this is, quote, the Nobscusset Hotel in 1870, James Lufkin, L-U-F-K-I-N, bought Minot House in Situate, took it apart, and shipped it to Dennis. The barge carrying windows and doors arrived first. He rebuilt the house on a 60-foot high bluff overlooking the bay and named it Cape Cod Bay House. The three-story French Empire Hotel had 50 rooms under a mansard roof and was located at the end of Nobscusset Road near where Bayview Beach is now. Um, <clears throat> this is still a quote. James quickly sold it to Charles Humphrey, who opened it in 1873 on 125 acres, 40 of which were the Black Earth Whaling Grounds. Now keep that in mind, okay? They offered bathing, boating, fishing, rambling, croquet, lawn tennis, swings, an ice house, a Minot's Ledge lighthouse, and a never-fail spring were advertised. The following year, a wooden observatory, Cohasset, built in 1847 to 1875, was built atop Scargo Hill. By 1885, Dennis Native and founder of Chicago's Toby Furniture Company, Charles Toby, had purchased it, renaming it the, Nob the Nobscusset House. Charles enlarged the hotel to four and a half stories, added several guest cottages, a billiard room, a bowling alley with a dance hall above it for his 200 guests. When decorated for the 1886 July 4th fireworks, it was described as an immense cluster of jewels. The Knobs, N-O-B-S, <laughs> even sponsored a baseball team. And when I hear, when I see Knobs, all I can think of is Knob Hill in, in uh, San Francisco. In 1887, he built a pier into the bay from the bathhouse and bathing pavilion. His brother Frank took over the ho hotel at Charles' death in 1888. The Nobscusset House now boasts 215 acres, including a golf course, tennis courts, and a small boat. Rooms could be rented for about 6 to $14 a week. I, I said that, I'll say it again. $6 to $14 a week. Suites, a little more expensive, $12 to $16 a week. Children and nurses were charged $7 a week as they ate in separate dining rooms. Guests were transported by horse-drawn coach from the train station. And we heard about that in another one, too. And this came from the Dennis Historical Society newsletter in June of 2017. On the Dennis Historical site, there is further information. The Josiah Dennis Mans 
opening reception this year, Saturday, June 24th, from 1 to 4 p.m., 61 Wig Street, Dennis, two of the first ministers' home and with costumed docents. The Shiverick Maritime Room highlights the long-gone Knobscusset Hotel. So uh, it it's in um, their little blurb. <laughs> you know, I know, I do so wish that these historical societies would band together and share information. I keep finding threads here and there. And I'm going to break here now for the first part and um, give you the second part uh, coming up. Okay, so I'm going to stop it here. Thank you. Hang on. I'll be back. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> I love that little sound effect. Anyhow, here comes part two. Are there any ghosts? Well, my source tells me that there were several in the hotel and they washed ashore from Situate. Did I asked another question. Did they harass the hotel occupants? No, not really. They did, however, harass the cook staff, of which there were many. For that size hotel, yes, there must have been a lot of people hired for that work. I also will post on the website a menu from the Knobs Gusset, which was posted on a New York site for fine dining. And it's, um, it's interesting. I will post these photos on the website on the blog. I want you to feel free to compare it with today's fine dining restaurant menus. Now, one of my purposes here was to offer you a glimpse into the past and to understand how ingenious Cape Codders were. They frequently moved houses around. The Dennis Playhouse is another building that has a history of not sitting on its original bedside. If my history serves me right, it was originally a barn. So I went to the site, and here is the history in a quote right from their website. In the 1920s, Raymond Moore wanted to create a summer theater close to Boston and the more affluent Cape communities. He purchased three and a half acres of land fronting the old King's Highway in Dennis and founded the abandoned 19th century, are you ready for this? Nobscusset Meeting House, located in another part of Dennis. Amazingly, Moore had the large meeting house hauled down the road and placed on its present site. See, they move things, you know, like chess pieces. No big deal. Before This is more quote from their website. Before air conditioning, New York was unbearable in the summer. The theaters would close and people escaped the heat by traveling to the coastal resorts. Guess where we are? By offering actors the prospect of paid summer work in a professional theater away from the heat of New York City, Moore convinced the big-name stars to come and perform at the new theater. And I know if any of you, some of, some of you are already aware of some of the personages that uh, <clears throat> performed. Um, Basil Rathbone was the first one. And um, 
Betty Davis, of course, was a little usherette. <clears throat> now, land acknowledgement. This, I thought, was fabulous. The Cape Playhouse acknowledges that we are on the traditional land of the Wampanoag, including the band called the Nobscusset, whose tribe's chief, now I'm not going to get this right, but I'm going to try. Uh, I'm going to spell it, M-A-S-H, M-A-S-H-A-N-T-A-M-P-A-I-N-E. <clears throat> he deeded to settlers most of the land that ultimately became the town of Dennis. This acknowledgement does not take the place of authentic relationships with our indigenous communities, but serves as a step in honoring the land we are on. We pay our respects to the Wampanoag community, their elders, both past and present, as well as future generations. And I thought that was an absolutely beautiful tribute, and it was not something I was aware of. <clears throat> Excuse me, the Nobscusset was named after the tribe who originally owned the land and lived here. In another part of the history, the land, 40 acres of which were in the Black Earth Whaling Grounds, which explains the original owners, the Nobscusset tribe. Well, that's the podcast for today. I hope you enjoyed listening. I know it was patched up, and I told you it was going to be because I found information everywhere. So this podcast and all of our podcasts are created on Spotify for podcasters, and you can find us on Spotify, Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Amazon Music, and did I say iHeart Podcasts? I hope so. I hope I didn't miss it. Anyhow, if you have any comments or suggestions or even have a ghost story to share, drop us a line at our free email address, ghostly.residence at gmail.com. Now, the transcript for this podcast can be found on our website, www.capecodwriters.net. And the best way to be notified when we have a new podcast is is to subscribe to this podcast on Spotify. Thanks for listening. We look forward to hearing from you. Stay tuned. Okay. Thanks a lot, guys. See See you again next week.